0: Awesome. Well, welcome to Kalo's church. We did it. We did it. All right. Is everybody here for the first time? Gotcha. Well, I'm one of the pastors here. My name is Pradeepan Jeeva, and my wife here, she's one of the pastors as well, Amrita, and we just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so honored. grateful that you would come here. We're thankful for the staff. We're thankful for all of the people who have put their blood, sweat, and tears into this moment. This is so special. Hey, if you're on the launch team, can you raise your hand if you help organize this whole thing? These guys have made this kind of happen. This thing around the process is awesome. We love you guys. We wouldn't be here without you. You know, from the music to the cafe to the kids over there, we have a whole with the kids over there. Let's see if we can give them a round of applause so that they can hear our voices, all right? Come on, kids! I don't know if we can hear this, but we're so thankful for all of you guys over there to the operations team setting up chairs. and just There's so many moving parts, and uh, we just want to thank our team for making this happen. And I want to share briefly about what we're doing here and kind of sharing the vision and the why behind Kalo's church, not Callus' church, okay? Stop saying that. We don't want callous hearts. We're gonna be soft and loving and uh Kalos Church, which means beautiful in Greek, and uh we're just so honored you guys are here. And uh I want to share from the Bible, we, we believe in the Bible, we stand on the, the scriptures, we've just learned so much, and uh I want to read a passage and I'm gonna share my story and really explain like why are we here? Why are we passionate? about starting a church and a comedy club. So I want to turn to this book in the Bible, a collection of scriptures and these words from Jesus. And it says in the book of Luke, chapter 8, 43 through 48, it says about this story, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could not find a cure. Coming behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me. For I felt healing, power, go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Dear Father, we give you this moment. Have your way. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, for those of us who are hoping for healing, grasping for hope, Lord, I pray that today would be the day where we could experience purpose and life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I like this story. This woman, she finds Jesus in a crowd and it says she grasps to the hem of his robe, the edge of his cloth, and is hoping for something. She doesn't know she's going to get healed, and some manuscript says that this woman was struggling so much that she spent all of her money on doctors. And she was looking for hope, looking for purpose, looking for some sort of resolve, looking for a cure to the pain she was dealing with. And honestly, I can really relate to this story. I know what it's like to grasp for purpose, or hope, or life, or grasp for a solution. You know, as you probably heard my name, Prithipanjeeva and, and Sivaretnam, you probably realize I'm not Norwegian, as many people <laughs> often guess. Often. And uh, actually, uh, my family is from Sri Lanka. My family came from Sri Lanka as refugees in the 80s, and I was born and raised in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. A lot of diversity there, as you can believe. No, not a lot of diversity in Coon. Rapid, <laughs> Minnesota, but that's where I was raised, and I, uh, I was never quite American, never quite Sri Lankan. I was always in this weird stage of life where I never quite fit in, and I remember, I tell these stories about how I was so awkward, I remember trying to ask girls to be my girlfriend, girls I'd never met, I just would bombard them, hey, wanna be my girlfriend? They are pretty, and I'm Pradeep in it. And uh, you wanna you wanna hang out? they be like, "What is your name?" Like, this is creeping me out. <laughs> and uh, I I was in this strange phase of life where I I had a mustache as a young junior high kid, but my my mustache was not made out of hair, okay? <laughs> it was made out of chapped lips. <laughs> it was not a pretty... So, like any chaplet mustaches in here? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Vaughn, you know what I'm talking about? My brother-in-law, he knows what I'm talking about. And uh, it was just such an awkward... And I had this bright pink wind blazer before hipster was a thing, and I would just walk around with my mustache and my pink blazer, and I would try to make friends, and I, I, I was trying to, like, fit in, but it just never quite worked. I would try humor. I remember my friend bought me a, a book of jokes, a thousand jokes, and I would recite them to my friends and try to make, you know, a good impression. Hey, why, uh, why, can't, why can't kids tell good jokes because they have no timing? They just never quite got it. <laughs> they just never quite got it. So I try to make things simple, like, hey, why did the whale cross the ocean to get to the other tide? Uh, and it uh, just got cornier and cornier. some you guys are feeling awkward for me, I'm still not in that phase of life, I think, I hope. Uh, even though we just started a church here and opened it up with, we're starting a church in a comedy club. No joke. <laughs> so some of that has carried on. <laughs> but I just remember like wanting to belong, wanting to find friends, wanting to find my place, wanting to find a community as this kid who is not not quite Sri Lankan, but not quite American. And uh, it came to a point in my life where that, that became a little destructive. Where I, I was looking for a belonging and hope anywhere I could find it. You know my friends would come over to my house and start to sell drugs in our basement, I started getting in trouble with the police. I I started just getting detentions and fights and eventually my 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 hopelessness and feeling like I didn't have community turned into a depression. And turned into, I don't know how to live. I don't know what to do in my life. And I began to to be suicidal and and really plot how could I take my own life. How could I escape? How could I end this misery and this pain? And there were several times where my family would find me in the streets, looking and waiting for a car to hit me. And At the same time, my, my parents got a divorce. and My mom started living out of her car and was in and out of mental hospitals. And it was just a very, very painful time. And our house foreclosed in the heat of this. And as a young teenager, I, I took a sledgehammer to my house. and. I just destroyed all the walls and said, God, why do I have to go through all this pain? Like, why do I have to feel alone? Why is this? I remember taking a spray uh, paint can and just writing horrible things on the wall and then, then hitting it with a sledgehammer, and I was like, why Why can't I be like the other kids? Why can't I have a community? God, why? why did you even create me? Why am I here? I feel hopeless. I don't want to live anymore. And uh, I was grasping for something. Have you ever been there? You're like, what am I even doing here? Why do I live? What is my purpose? What I'm doing right now isn't working. And I was—I felt like this lady where I was just grasping. And I, I feel like if we're real honest in this place, many of us would say, hey, for the even juvenile, and even right You say that in your inner voice. <laughs> you say, you know what? I... I feel that way many times. Like on the outside I I look good, I look real good. <laughs> I, I have the right job, I have the right community, but for some reason I, there's just this like longing in my heart. I feel like I'm surrounded by the the ugly things in this world, ugly realities, pain and you know confusion. But I, I'm looking for beauty, I'm looking for hope, I'm grasping. For something to fill that void in my life, you know, I was studying this um, research project by the Dartmouth uh, University, and they were kind of wondering what is going on in America because throughout the world, especially as we do nonprofit work, we look to resource countries with uh, you know technology and education and, and resources so that they can buy things, so that they can have the American good life. And I was studying this project on human flourishing. Basically, there's an equation for human flourishing. And it says, like, hey, if you give people the resources to have education, you give them the resources so that they can become consumers in the economy, people will be happy. Well, according to what we traditionally think will help people feel, purpose and happiness and human flourishing, a good life. You'd think that America and countries like Japan that had had thriving economies would be at the top of human happiness. But as we studied in this research clinic from the years 1950 to 2000 as the economy was growing, in fact, uh, mental illness and depression and suicide and things like that amongst our youth in America actually started to increase in its tragic nature. As people had more wealth, as people had more of the economic dream, the American dream, as people had more resources and education, for some reason in America, suicide, depression, and mental illness started to increase. And they started to wonder, what is going on here? What is going on here? And this secular, non-religious study came up with a statement, and then they say, in the midst of unprecedented material affluence, Large and growing numbers of U.S. children and adolescents are failing to flourish. And then they asked this question, why? And the leading scientists of this project, which was over 40 scientists, they said it's because people are lacking two relationships in their life. They're lacking a relationship with each other, and they're lacking a relationship with God. Isn't that interesting? This non-Christian study from a very public university says that in our lack, in our grasping, in our hope that the American dream will fulfill us, it's actually not giving us the results we thought we would get. As we encounter American affluence, we're realizing that people are not finding connections with people, community, and they're not finding connections with God. And there's more research I could cite about how You know, family dinners are going down in America. Religious attendance is going down in America. And these negative things are happening at the same time. And I really feel like we are grasping for hope. And we're not finding it in the things that we thought we would find it in. In religion, we would say, hey, we're not really a religious state or a religious country anymore. But there are things that we're looking for. Instead of a pastor, maybe we're looking at a therapist. Instead of a community, we're maybe just going to soul cycle. <laughs> Instead of hearing teaching and, and learning as a community here, we're watching What the Health on Netflix and realizing the more documentaries we watch on food, we're realizing we can't eat human food anymore. <laughs> we're struggling. <laughs> and we're hoping for something. We're grasping. I'm on a starch diet right now eating 80 to 90 percent starches. We're talking bread, we're talking potato, we're talking rice. Don't get me on that tangent because most great societies were founded on starches, all you know right? Think about it. Asia, rice, and curry. <laughs> and so we're looking for these things. Maybe it's a therapist, maybe it's uh, an exercise group, Maybe it's a binge watching a show and we're, we're trying to fill these gaps in our lives with something. And we're attracted to things that are beautiful. We're attracted to things that are filled with life. I mean, we are. We want this beauty. I mean, that's why I look in the mirror every single morning. We want beauty. Okay, that's a joke. That's a joke. Settle down, everybody. We're looking for it, but we come short every time it feels. And that's why I feel like I can relate to this, this woman. She was, you know, struggling with this issue of blood bleeding for 12 years straight. She spent all her money on doctors and things like that. And, and yet, she found herself in a crowd wondering, I wonder if Jesus can help me. I wonder if I could just touch his garment, if I could just touch his shirt. Maybe something would happen. And there are people here, you came to a church in a comedy club, and I'm not naive. I I understand that. Maybe you came here and you're saying, hey, God, I'll give you one last chance. Or community, the church, I'll give the church one last chance, and I just want to say thank you for coming here. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for trusting us with your pain and your vulnerability. Thank you for trusting us with your insecurities. I know how intimidating. It can be to come into a church. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to start a church and a company club. Because people who are scared of going into a traditional church building, they're, they're saying to us, hey, I would never step into that environment. But I go to the parlor all the time. I'll come to your church. And our, our prayer, we are not really embarrassed by this, but our prayer is that, hey, we pray that on Saturday night, people will just get passed out and wake up in the presence of God right here. That's our prayer. <laughs> And uh, from the looks of you, I think God may have answered that prayer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I love you. I love you. <laughs> uh, and uh, we realize that if people are here and you're, you're thinking, maybe this is my, my chance. I'm going to give this God thing a chance. I'm, I'm kind of weirded out by this. I don't know the songs. I I don't know why some people are lifting up their hands or clapping and they, they like to applause a lot. And you're going through all the emotions. And I remember going through that in the, the midst of my like biggest insecurity my suicidal tendencies and, and these thoughts and things like this, a girl invited me to church. And it was during a, a, a bomb threat at my school where they had all the kids get out of the school and this girl said, hey, do you want to come to church with me? And I was like, what? You're a beautiful girl. You're talking to me. Like, this is amazing. Like, do you know what's happening right now? This is wonderful. Yes, I'll go brought me to a church and it was a new church just like this and it was an environment where you know there was music and someone sharing a message and, and I, I was like wow this is amazing and all these people were so friendly to me and they, they wanted to be my friend people like who are cooler than the people in my school who would have never talked to me and were suddenly saying hey you want to hang out? Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, welcome to Kayla's Church. Hey, you want some donuts? You want some coffee? We're really, really glad you're here. We hope you feel welcome. And I was like, I like this. This is amazing. I, I want to be here. And I, I just started engaging in it. And the pastor would say, Hey, Jesus loves you. And you can have a relationship with Him. And I, I really started to believe in it. You know, I, I ended up saying, Hey, I want to become a follower of Jesus. Because what I'm doing in my life Isn't working And so I'm just going to say Hey Jesus, I'm going to follow your ways And I'm going to follow your practices Because I, I had heard that Christianity and Jesus Was really judgmental And it wasn't for everybody And things like that Like Only like, really elite people came And could enter into this awesome relationship People That was just for holy people But I realized that there's a lot of Misperceptions when it comes to Jesus And uh. That's why we want to make known the beauty of Jesus. Because some of you have heard that Jesus is, like, ugly. That he hates you, and he doesn't want to be near you. And you can't have a good relationship, and you'll never be as good as some people. But I want to make known the beauty of Jesus in this place. And uh, I found that Jesus loves me just as I am. That Jesus totally took me in and accepted me. And I ended up giving my life to Jesus. It wasn't in a moment. It was a journey. It was a process. For me, it was a lot like being potty trained, okay? Hear me out, hear me out. I can tell you with full confidence, I swear, that I am potty trained today. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) That's my dad right there. (laughs) I can tell you I'm potty trained. Can I tell you the time and date that happened? No, I can't. (laughs) It was a process. for me as I, I discovered the beauty of Jesus in a different way. I, I decided, hey, I'm gonna live by these ways, the teachings of Jesus, the ways of Jesus. And I realized where some people had said this was judgmental and hurtful and painful, it was actually quite beautiful. It was things like, Love your neighbor as yourself. It was like, Judge not lest ye be judged, and I began to fall in love with Jesus and my my suicidal tendencies, I'm gonna be honest, they, they went away. I found purpose and hope and life and I found a reason to live, and my life changed so much. I went from failing so many classes like banned and getting so many detentions. I know to to being the graduation speaker to my high school, feeling like I was motivated, and then the graduation speaker for my college, and being able to speak to thousands of people because I felt like I had purpose, and that I had love, and I had a reason to live. And uh, this woman, she reaches out to Jesus. In this story, and she touches his garment, and it says that she's immediately healed. She's immediately healed. And in this desire for beauty, this desire for hope that we have, this desire to be healed, I believe that it can be fulfilled in Jesus. Our desire for beauty is a desire for Jesus. Your desire for life, for purpose, for hope, is a desire to Jesus. You know, I like how this story goes on, though. Because Jesus, he heals her, but then he he calls her out. He calls her out. And he says, who touched me? Who touched me, Jesus asked. And everyone denied it And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. it's was a, a huge crowd. Who touched you? Jesus, everybody touched you. Like, are you serious? You're in the middle of a crowd. But Jesus said, hey, no. Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power Go up And then check this out. Verse 47, says, When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble. You know, we had this opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. But we at Calo's Church, yes, we want to make known the beauty of Jesus. But we also want to be a beautiful church. We believe that life is better together. And that you are hardwired to connect That you are meant to know and be known. You are meant to have people that have your back, know your story, know your name. And this is part of our desire for a beautiful church. And I know it can be scary walking into a church. I remember when I was depressed and suicidal, I actually walked into a random church in a rainstorm one day. And I walked in, and I was soaking wet, this young man. I walked into the back, into a pew, and I decided I'm going to give this a chance. And I didn't really understand the hymns. I didn't understand the words. But as I was sitting there saying, God, I'm going to enter into a community. I need some answers. I need some hope. This this older gentleman came up to me, and he said, you know, with a, a scornful face, he said, Hey, what are you doing? Why are you in our church? Why are you wearing a hat? Young man, this is a house of God. How dare you come in here soaking wet, wearing a hat in the presence of God. Take that hat off right now. And uh, I ended up leaving that church, like, immediately. I didn't feel welcome. I didn't feel like I had a place to belong. And uh, it, it was just so painful. And I, I realized that you may have had hurts in the church, or you may have felt like people are going to treat you that way. But I love that Jesus, he didn't let this woman stay hidden. He He didn't let her stay hidden. He had her share her story to the whole group so that they can continue to love her. So that they could continue to be there. And our, our prayer and our desire for Kalos Church is that we could be a beautiful church that has each other's backs. That you wouldn't just come in here hidden, but that we could be a community. We could be a beautiful church. And I remember when I, I ended up giving my life to Jesus. This new church that I went to, where I ended up saying, I like this, I feel love. I, I entered the community and I made friends and suddenly people were laughing at my jokes for the first time in my life. It was awesome. And I I just felt like a celebrity. I felt like, wow, people want to know me. And I started living life with them. And, you know, it was hard at times. People would call me out. Hey, Pradeepan, you're being an idiot. (laughs) I just want to say that in love because I care for you. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize I'm doing that. Hey, Pradeepan, let me help you learn how to pray. Let me help you read the Bible. And I wasn't hidden. And there are many of you guys that you feel hidden. You feel like, yeah, we're in a big city, but I feel just as lonely in a crowded room. Even right now, maybe you moved here and you're looking for community. You're looking for this group. Well, our prayer is that we could be a beautiful community that makes known the beauty of Jesus. People who are looking for hope, people who are looking for beauty, looking for life, that we could be that beautiful community. That we, together, holding hands, wouldn't it just be about you know us living life alone or or just professional pastors, professional Christians, but we as a community would make you known the beauty of Jesus. I'm, I'm thankful for this story as well. This woman, she she made herself vulnerable. Now, I just want to share this last thing. You know, while we're all grasping for something, what we reveal won't heal. You can see that. What we don't reveal can't heal. She decided to put herself out there. She decided to make herself vulnerable. And from that moment, she found healing. Sometimes we like to ignore things, or we're saying, I'm going to do that later, and things can grow. A while ago, when Amritha, my wife, and I were, were dating, we would drive her little satin car on all these dates, and whenever it rained for some reason, we would, we would smell something really gross. i like, what? like, OK, it's just the humidity. It's just the moisture. Maybe a panel's beginning to mold or something like that. But it started to get really, really bad. And so I said, hey, Armita, have we checked the trunk? Have we checked the car? Like, what is going on? Is there something in the engine? She's like, no, nah, I searched the whole car. I had some friends search the car. Like, there's nothing. It's just got to be the rain. And this went on for a couple more months. We're like, what is going on? The smell is so bad. And we tried to ignore it. We tried to ignore it. And we realized we can't ignore this anymore, so we we went in a frenzy, and we started to search every single crevasse of that car. It was crazy, and so we opened up the trunk, and there in the back, we found in the corner of the trunk was a dead bot, no, just kidding. Just kidding. There was this watermelon that had been there for months. And it was rotting and gross and it was oh it was just like seeping so much moisture into the street. Oh it was horrible. And it, the smell, the aroma, it was oh, it was something to recommend. It was it was the ugly of Jesus. It was not the beauty of Jesus. It was not good. And so we we got rid of it and we threw it away and You know, you think, hey, just ignoring this, we realize, okay, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. And we threw it up right away. But in our lives, let's be honest, when we're going through pain, when there's ugly things in our life, when we feel lost, we tend to isolate ourselves. We tend to hide and hope that maybe this will just go away. But it doesn't. What you don't reveal, it's not going to heal. And you, you think you can go through this, and I, I just want to make an appeal. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to go through life alone and feel, feel like maybe one day things will just work themselves out. But I want to tell you right now, and I want to make a plea, that in your grasping, grasp for Jesus. Because He really is the true source of life. When I, I, I decided to follow the way of, of Jesus... When I received the love of Jesus, I received new hope and new life and a transformation. And I found a community in these ugly things God made beautiful. And today, no matter where you are at, God can turn the ugly things in your life and make them beautiful. He can make them beautiful. He wants to make them beautiful. Jesus loves you. He's so proud of you. You were not an accident. God made you on purpose, for a purpose. And if you're in this place, receive the love of Jesus. You don't have to live life alone anymore. Man, you guys can come up here. And uh, we're in a moment going to sing about the beautiful name of Jesus. The beautiful name of Jesus. And I want to give everybody an opportunity to, to experience that for yourself. To experience hope and love and life and you know, sometimes we hide. You know, I have a son. He's about 18 months old right now. His name is Obadiah Light Jeba. And he is, he is just the sweetest thing. And he's in the stage where he loves climbing things. Anybody have young kids? Or remember when your kids love to climb things? And the other day, he actually uh, jumped out of the crib. And my, my dad found him under a rocking chair just chilling. <laughs> which is terrifying. <laughs> The other day, he, he was climbing around, and we found him on top of our diaper changing station. And he's a little guy. He's a little guy. So are like, how is he doing that? He's, he's climbing all sorts of things, and it's scary. And sometimes he gets stuck, though, and he can't climb himself out of the situation. And uh, it, it's so cute. It's so precious because what he will do is... He, he If he sees me, or if he sees my wife, or if he sees one of us, what he does is, he, he starts to cry if we're not around and And as soon as we come around and we see that he's stuck, he just immediately puts his hands up. He just puts his hands up. And he'll be crying, and, and he, he just knows that when he, he reaches his hands up, or he reaches his hands out, that he, he, he's confident that we're going to be there for him. And we're going to rescue him. And for some reason, this woman in the story that we've been talking about, she she knew she could grasp onto Jesus and find healing. She knew she could grasp onto Jesus and find a fresh start a new hope. You can grasp onto Jesus today. You can find healing today. And what we're asking you to do is not we're not trying to change everything about your life. We're not trying to, you know, just create an atmosphere for behavior modification. What we want is for you not to live life alone. What we want is for you not to isolate. You are hardwired to connect. And in this moment, I'm, I'm going to give us all an opportunity to reach out to Jesus and say, Jesus, the way I'm living my life is not working. The American dream is it's not working for these long years in my heart. These short-term solutions—they're not working. It just seems like I'm, I'm piling into this void in my life, and that hole is never empty. Empty, Lord, it, it just seems to be endless. Lord, I, I realize there's a void in my heart, and I—I I just want to propose to you that that void in your life is God-shaped, and only God can fill that longing for beauty. Only God can fill that longing for righteousness. Only God can fill that longing. true life as you always suspected you could have. Just like this woman, just like my, my son, you can reach out to Jesus. So I want us to close our eyes and just create a private moment. Create a holy moment. Create a sacred moment. A special moment. And I want to ask that we could just listen to Jesus speak to us. Jesus is saying right now, Son, daughter, I love you. I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you to experience life as I always meant it for you to be. I created you on purpose, for purpose. I know at times you're hurting. I know at times you feel like you're surrounded by death and the ugly realities of this world. But I have a beautiful plan for you so with your eyes closed, if you're in this place, I want to give you an opportunity to say, hey, I'm sick of living life my own way. I want to live the ways of Jesus. I want to follow the ways of Jesus. I want a fresh start. I want a new hope because I realize that people are here at a new church looking for a new start. And if you're in this place and you're saying, hey, I want to do that. I want a fresh start with Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow the ways of Jesus. I want these ugly things to be made beautiful. If that's you in this place, with every eye closed and all our heads bowed, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand just so I can see it and then put it down. Alright? Put your hands up quickly when I, so I can see it and then put it down immediately. If you want to give your life to Jesus, So on the count of three. One, two, three. Just raise it so I can see it. That's awesome. Hands everywhere. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Lord, I pray that you would make known your beauty. Lord, we're, we're thankful. And I just want to lead us all. Prayer right now, and so we have a prayer that we're going to pray. That's just a. Sometimes we don't know the right words to pray, and we just want to lead you. You can pray this anytime, alone or with a friend, and we're just going to all pray this together. So, can we can we lift up our voices and say this together? Just repeat after me, God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Right now, I choose to follow the ways of Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. I have made mistakes. Please forgive me and help me turn from my old ways forever. Amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? He's changing lives in his A Fresh You know what I'm about like you said, is that you wouldn't go on this journey alone. That you wouldn't stay hidden. But that as we make commitments to follow the ways of Jesus, the Kalos Church, this beautiful church, we would follow the ways of Jesus together. So, so in your little booklets, there's something we have called the connection card. And if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we want you to fill out your information there and um, want you to check out the boxes and say, I want, I want to follow Jesus. That way we can help you walk this path it's like, so we don't want you to be hidden, we want to walk with you, we want to do this together, and after service as well, we have something called Crash Course, and it's, it's a time where we can talk about what does it look like to go on this journey together, and it's a class of catering, and we have an announcement to talk more about that, but let's not do life alone, and so, we're going to make known the beauty of Jesus together, amen? Can we give Jesus one more round of applause?